Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Friday morning Bible study. We're studying the topic of righteousness right now, every Friday morning. And I just want to make sure you know that it's uh, live streamed every Friday morning on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page in case you're watching this on the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com or YouTube, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. So make sure you avail yourself to those places. Uh, every Monday morning and Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, I'm teaching the book of Romans. We're in chapter 6 right now. And so uh, it's, all, <coughs> it's also live uh, those Monday and Thursday mornings at 8.30 a.m. on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And, and uh, everything we do at Crossway Church as far as the services in the sanctuary Sunday morning, Wednesday night, they're live streamed out on YouTube, that YouTube channel, the website, and my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. All three streams run out so to make it uh, easy, whichever is easiest for you to be able to get it or to watch it later after it's done. Next Friday, we will not be here. I will be out enjoying my son Noah's graduation this next weekend. And then that following Monday, uh, I will not be doing my Romans teaching this next Monday morning because I will be uh, going to get my other son, Andrew, and bringing him and all his stuff home for the summer. And uh, he's been in Bible college in Baton Rouge, so he's coming home for the summer. So uh, taking care of my boys and stuff over the next few days. and so. But this morning we are in uh, this topic of righteousness, and I pray that you would do more than like the, 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 the live stream after it's over, do more than comment on it, but share it so that all your social media friends can find it. Uh, just type in the YouTube channel. And so everybody else can know it. Type their names in during the broadcast so they'll get an alert. However you can help us to publish the gospel will be great and have eternal rewards with it. Amen? So uh, uh, again, we're talking about righteousness. It's, it's of utmost importance uh, in, this, in these last days that we understand righteousness, that we understand that it's not only what is right that we think is right, but it's what God does. It's He's the only one through His Son Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit that righteousness can be seen, it can be declared it can be experienced is only through Christ by the Spirit of God. There is no such thing as righteousness without the Word of God and Jesus, the living Word of God, functioning to do what He did while He was here by the Spirit. And today our faith in Him and what He did at Calvary and then the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will also quicken our mortal bodies. And by the way, that scripture is not talking about healing in your body. That scripture, you go read it, it's talking about you not owing the flesh anything to live after the flesh. So now you can live after the Spirit because of righteousness. And that'll be maybe in the teaching on down the road. Uh, so I know that shocks a lot of people when they hear things like that. Well, we've used that scripture for years about he'll quicken my mortal body. Well, the Lord is a healer and he heals today, but that, that's out of context. That scripture is talking about living after the spirit, living in victory. That, and the verse right after that says we don't owe the flesh anything to live after the flesh. So it proves the context of it. So righteousness is of utmost importance. And here's why. Because that's what God requires us to be. You're not going to heaven unless you're righteous. Only righteous people, only the people who are wearing the robe, the linen garments of righteousness are going to heaven. They're only going to be the only ones who are allowed into the wedding banquet. Amen. The only people who are the body of Christ, the only people who are the bride of Christ are those who are wearing the wedding garments, the linen garments of righteousness. He is married to a righteous bride because their faith is in him and what he did at Calvary. So, and, and, and let, me, let me always throw this out there, and it's something you need to know. You really, 
have to know if you're going to be able to walk where you need to walk, and that's that all of God's words are in righteousness. It's one of the, one of the great illuminations that the Lord has given us here at Crossway Church. <coughs> it's been in the Bible for ages, but we just now are seeing the light of this scripture that all the words of God's mouth are in righteousness. That's Proverbs 8 and 8. That means everything God has ever spoken is in righteousness. And righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. And you need to be able to share these things with your co-workers, your family, uh, your friends, those who uh, think they really are, are rocking along with the Lord, but their faith is not in Christ and Him crucified. Their faith is really no longer in the gospel. That means they're not being led by the Spirit in the path of righteousness. And we're going to see some things today. And our first scripture this morning is, is Jesus' is teaching on the mount. Uh, and we call it the, the what was it, the mount? of olives the, the, and this great teaching of the Beatitudes where you be this, then you be blessed. If you be this way, you be blessed. And, and we can't be any way that Jesus taught unless we're first in Him because everything that God is going to say and do is going to be through Christ. Only through Christ. All things are from Him, for Him, through Him, by Him, and back to Him at the judgment, whether the great white throne or the judgment seat of Christ. Everything is coming back to where it all started in Christ. See, that's good stuff this morning. I'm glad you tuned in. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I wonder this morning how many Christians have ever read this verse, and, I, and I'm talking about me, I'm, I'm in the group I'm about to describe, and really didn't know what it meant to be filled. Filled with what? Watch out. A lot of people, a lot of Christians use this verse to say, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. But that... You know, and you and you can be filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues, as the Book of Acts teaches. But that's not what this is talking about. If you're hungry for something, and Jesus tells you what that something is, if you're hungry for that, He says you'll be filled. Then He's talking about you'll be filled with that that He calls right, that He will feed you, that you can be filled with righteousness. It's kind of like the scripture in, he, in Hebrews that says they that it's impossible to please God, but they that come to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Well, what's, what, are you going to, what are you going to be rewarded with when you seek Him? You're going to be rewarded with Him. For the Bible says He is our treasure and our exceedingly great reward. And the more you realize who God is in Christ and what He's done for you in Christ and how He's dealing with you in Christ, then you're going to seek Him more. You're going to seek Him more. Amen, Brother Curtis. So Jesus says, blessed are they. That means happy. Blessed are they. Fulfilled are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, Jesus taught this before we ever went to the cross, but don't listen to the New Age, false grace, revolution folks that say you can't listen to really anything Jesus taught before because he hadn't gone to the cross yet and he was still under law and all that stuff. And that's out there, friends. That's out there and it's wrong. Whatever Jesus taught as God in the flesh before or after is relevant today. Hallelujah. Because the the entirety of the Old Testament is relevant for today. And you got some denominational people and, and, and folk uh, claiming they know the Lord who don't even ever look at the Old Testament. Uh, and they have all these excuses. But listen, the New Testament that they claim they follow back at the Old Testament that was written for us so that we can see even though it was type and shadow in that day, it reveals Christ to us today. It is no longer type and shadow. It becomes light to us in Christ. It reveals Christ to a greater degree. So, blessed are they, Jesus taught under the old covenant. He had to be born of a woman. He had to be born under the law so that he could deliver those who were under the law. That's what Galatians teaches. So, righteousness, let's say it again. 
Righteousness is that which God does that's right. Not what I just feel like is right. Not that which just seems that is right. When you ask somebody, why are you doing that? Because I feel like it's right. What grounds are you standing on? What are you clinging to other than you saying, I feel like this is right? What are you holding to that gives you the authority to say, I feel like this is right? If you don't have the Word of God to back it up, then you're just living by feelings, and that's not righteousness. Every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. That's why, again, that's Proverbs 8 and 8. And I can't say this enough. I cannot say this enough. Every word in your Bible, God has given it to us, and it is in righteousness. They are words of truth. Jesus said they're about Him because He is the truth, but they are found and revealed only in righteousness, and that righteousness is only revealed in the gospel through the death, the sacrifice, the shedding of the blood of Christ at Calvary, at the cross. That's it. If if your faith is not in the cross, you can't even understand the Bible. You can understand the wisdom of men they offer you from their perspective, but that's not God's righteous perspective. Amen. The, the, the righteousness of God, Romans 3, 25 and 26, was declared through faith in the blood, the cross. Without Christ and His work at Calvary, righteousness does not exist for humanity. It is not offered to humanity outside of that one narrow avenue. We cannot bear the fruit of that righteousness except through that one narrow avenue. That's why it's important, preacher, for you to preach the Word of God in the context of the living Word of God, Jesus Christ, and what He did at Calvary. Outside of that, God's truth is being held in an unrighteous manner and all he's going to do is to oppose and you're going to suffer. You're going to end up quitting one day or becoming bitterly religious because the only freedom and place of blessedness is when you finally realize what righteousness is, where it comes from, and then you can legitimately begin to hunger and thirst for this righteousness, which is what God did in Christ at Calvary to impute it unto you and then for us to be led by His Spirit through that faith alone to bear forth the fruits of His righteousness. Are you hungry and thirsty today to see a move of God in your life? Are you hungry and thirsty today just to gather and say, I need a move of God in my life? A move of God in your life will be your subjection to faith in the sacrifice because that's the only way God's going to move in your life. And the proof of it is he didn't move in your life. He didn't save you. He didn't move in and make your body his temple. You didn't have anything. You didn't know what the kingdom of God was about. You couldn't see it. You couldn't get in it until you believed the gospel. You had to believe the gospel. And then the words of righteousness that had been delivered you, which is that form of doctrine that freed you from sin and made you a servant of righteousness because your faith was placed in Christ through what he did at Calvary, he entered into your body. He entered into who you are. And he gave you a new spirit, a new heart, a new mind, and he made you an entirely brand new creation in Christ. But that was because of his righteousness. Not anything we'd done in our righteousness, his righteousness. And see, the first time you believed God's word in its righteous context, the fruit of righteousness, which is the fruit of Christ, began to take place in your life. Not because you did something, but because your faith was in His the doing, in His doing of the one thing that ushers in God's declaration that you're righteous. And daily, if that's where our faith stays, then we bear forth the fruits of His righteousness. So you're blessed. Now Jesus says you're blessed if you're hungry and thirsting after righteousness. That means. I want more of the Lord. Not I just I I just know I need more of the Lord. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you've got that going on in your mind. I'm glad you've got that feeling. But if that don't direct you to the Word of God, you're not going to see, you're not going to be filled with His righteousness. Because it doesn't just happen. 
It doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen because you ask for it. It doesn't happen because you have dreams. It happens when if you're hungry, then you've got to get in the Word to learn of the Spirit of God, the words of God's righteousness that will always point you to where righteousness comes to you from or through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Outside of that, you're just working for righteousness and it can't ever be experienced. That's your fruit and not the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I want to ask this question. I've got it in my notes. Jesus said, you'll be filled and Jesus can't lie. So every person on the planet today who learns what righteousness is and they know through where it comes, through the only object of faith God has given us for the for the, uh, the, the the very experience of righteousness to come from, and we learn that, we receive that, we cling to that, Jesus promised you will be filled. But the question is, filled with what? The righteous fruits of Christ as He works in us for His namesake. Now watch this, Philippians chapter 1, verse 11. See, the Bible defines the Bible. We don't live by thoughts or opinions or what other men say. We live by the Word of God. The Word of God will define the Word of God. There are no contradictions in the Word of God. If you don't understand one verse, there will be another verse that helps you understand that verse. Amen. So Philippians chapter 1, verse 11, the Bible says, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. There's your answer. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. Filled with what? The fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. They're not by you. They're not by me. They're by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Let me tell you something this morning. Whatever fruit is in your life, if it ain't, pray, if it ain't offering praises to God through what's going on in your life, to the glory of God, righteousness is not involved. If what we're doing is to get people to look at us, then it's not the righteous fruits of God. Let me tell you something. These places where people gather and the men, all the men have to wear long sleeves, that's so they can look at them. Let's use another example. When I think I've got to be in some stereotypical so-called gathering such as a, a, a cowboy or a biker or, or some stereotypical to be a part of some specific to reach a specific people, then I'm off track again and my faith is actually in that stereotypical thing. And I know what they say. Well, God loves the bikers. He loves the cowboys. He lo God loves everybody. But I listen, nobody's called to just one little old type of wrangler wearing boot wearing, trailer pulling or, or Harley driving. Listen, not, all your calling is, my friend, is not to focus on the people you're called. It's to focus on the gospel and the power of the gospel will reach whoever will believe no matter where you are. And when we get stereo, stereotypical, we're off track. We're off track. That's how divisions and the lack of unity begins to take place. And I know we'll fight tooth and nail to the grave trying to justify our false way, but you go ahead and do what you think you got to do. Judgment day's coming. You'll have rewards and you'll lose a lot of rewards. We all will. But Philippians chapter 1 verse 11 says, Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory of God and praise of God. Now think about this. Everything that God is doing is by Jesus Christ. His work at Calvary was complete and he declared it was finished for all righteousness, all salvation, all anything. But the Jesus Christ is still working today. He's not, listen, he's already worked and did the work at the cross for all salvation to be possible, for all the benefits of salvation, all righteousness to be declared and offered to humanity. Now what he's doing, he is mediating the new covenant. As the risen Lord Jesus Christ, he is the mediator of the new covenant. What's that mean? That means whoever will believe on him and what he did at Calvary will be found benefiting, receiving of the benefits of the Lord daily. 
daily. He daily loads us with benefits. It's not no roller coaster ride, my friend, up and down. Forget that mindset. That's what the devil wants you to think. And there will always be a striving between spirit and flesh, but once you know the truth, the flesh ain't got a chance. The flesh don't have a chance against the spirit. One of those is dominant, and it ain't the flesh. There will always be a striving, and you need to know that, but you also need to know that the spirit is life because of righteousness. Romans 8.10, the spirit is life. That's the eternal life, abundant life, because of righteousness, and that's the righteousness of Christ. Not our righteousness. We don't have any that's clean. So everything God does is by Jesus Christ. And, and listen, we need to know this. The church has turned scriptures like this because they have moved away from Calvary into flaked out thoughts and opinions. When, when the Bible says that you can be filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ, number one, there is no righteousness outside of Him. He did the work, the only righteous work God will ever say is right. That's right. Now, only through that faith, that grace, comes that righteousness, the result of that righteous work. If my faith is not in the very sacrifice of Christ, even after being a Christian for 50 years or however long you've been a Christian, if my faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ, there is absolutely no experience of righteousness. Not what God calls righteousness. I may be in a rut where I think I'm doing all these things and I'm, I'm, man, I'm going to church, I'm reading my Bible, I'm in prayer, I'm giving tithes and offerings. But listen, that don't mean my faith is proper. If my faith is not in the sacrifice, I've disengaged, the Bible says in Galatians 5, 1 through 4, I've removed myself from him. I've fallen from grace. And hear me, my friends, Galatians 2, 21, write it down. Never let go of it. Galatians 2 and 21 says righteousness only comes through grace and grace only comes through the death of Jesus. So as long as my faith is in the sacrifice, grace comes. What does that mean? That means God continues to work in my life. What does that mean? That means what's going on in my life is by Jesus Christ through His Spirit. Outside of that one process, we fall from grace and it's not Anything by Jesus Christ. Only by Jesus Christ does righteousness come through our faith, initial faith in the cross, and only through our faith in the cross today, after however many years you've been a Christian, can the fruits of righteousness be in your life. Not just because you go to church. Not just because you're in the Word every day. Not just because you give money to the church. It... That's you doing stuff. And the only way, according to the Bible, that makes those things you're doing by Christ through His Spirit is if your faith is in the only avenue which God flows. It's not that got you in and now it's just you having to work out your own salvation. No, God will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And He'll never stop attempting to work in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. But it takes faith when you put the word God and pleasure together before God can have pleasure through what's going on in your life. There must be faith. It's impossible to please Him without faith. And that faith must be the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. Now, this is good teaching this morning. You can't refute it if you're getting mad about it. It's because you've been brainwashed by false teachers for many, many years. Righteousness does not exist outside the Word of God. Righteousness does not exist in your life through the Word of God unless your faith is in the righteous work of Calvary, Christ and what He there did. And we've explained that. Every word that has ever proceeded out of the mouth of God, Proverbs 8 and 8, is in righteousness. And righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. 
Romans 1, 16 and 17. And righteousness only comes by grace. That's what God did in Christ, not what we go do, not by law, which is what we do. Galatians 2, 21 needs to be in your mind, in your heart, every day at the forefront of your minds that righteousness does not come by the law, by what I do, but by what Christ did at the cross in dying humbly and obediently for me. The church doesn't want to hear about the cross. They think they're all mature and out here and so knowledgeable and they can quote scripture left and right, but they're not quoting it and declaring it in its righteous context if they're not pointing people to Calvary. Every word of God, every word in our Bible is in righteousness. Outside of that, it's not understood. It's not being received properly. It cannot be imparted by the Holy Spirit and we cannot be led in the only path God leads in and that's righteousness. When, when our faith is in God's Word in its righteous context, which means our faith is still in the cross of Christ, not and something else, the and something removes it from the cross because our hearts tell God the cross is not enough. I also have to, and the also have to removes you from grace, which means now you're deceiving yourself when you say you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness because obviously we don't know what it is. When our faith is not in the cross, listen, we cannot even fight the good fight of faith. If I don't know the only object of faith is the sacrifice of Christ, then I'm fighting all kind of fights, but it's not good fights. The good fight of faith is when I know the faith of the Son of God is what saved me. It's what He did at Calvary. Only those people on the planet can fight the good fight of faith. People who are teaching the Word, preaching the Word out of its righteous context, that being of the gospel, the message of the cross, the shedding of the blood, the death of Jesus, there is no avenue for them to be led by the Holy Spirit. He won't lead you outside of the path of righteousness. It's not God leading you into what you're doing. It's God leading you by His Spirit into that which Jesus is attempting to do in your life today. What is it? Galatians 5 and 18 says, They that be led of the Spirit are not under law. As many as are led of the Spirit are not under law. That means they're not under the doing for righteousness. They're under grace, what Christ did for righteousness. See, that's good teaching. Now, I understand most people will turn this off. Most people will go look for preachers that will make them uh, think that God's got a million dollars coming to them. God's going to give them all this. And that's the last day church. And People have always been that way, but it's going to be that way even more so in the last days. Even those who have been in, in, in the kingdom, those who've been saved, many of those in these, it's happening right now, they're going to turn away, they're going to fall away, and they're going to lose their souls. The Bible says that. Read Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Talking to God's people, the church, spirit-filled, blood-bought church, and, and many other scriptures that warning us that if we don't endure to the end, we won't be saved. You can believe the false doctrine of the once saved, always saved, and the, the, the false doctrine that's out there of false grace today and all that mess that you don't even need to repent. You don't have to even deal with sin anymore. There are always going to be people like that. But I also know there's going to be a remnant that's hungry for the Word of God. When they hear the truth, it's going to grip their hearts. They're going to, no matter what they have to give up and cut themselves off from, they're going to come running to that what Christ is saying and what Christ is doing in these last days. No, it's not going to be the big moves that people call the big, oh, it's a move of God. The last days, there will be people moving over there, calling it Christ. People moving over there, calling it but a move of God is a people of God who have faith in what God did in Christ at Calvary 
and they're clinging to that and that alone, and it doesn't matter what everything else is, all the feelings and emotions and hooping and hollering and Scripture quoted and tears falling and all hands lifted, we're not any longer ignorant of the schemes of the devil nor the flesh. The Word of God is what we cling to, my friends, in the context of the living Word and what He did at Calvary. So don't forget those things. People are not going to like preachers in these last days. If you're looking to grow a church and to become some big popular preacher, let me give you the bad news first. You're not going to make it. Let me give you the good news. You can repent and come back to Calvary and God will bless your ministry and you can be blessed in God's eyes. See, it's how God says that you're blessed, not what you say that you're blessed. Not just because you say you're blessed doesn't mean you're blessed. When Jesus says those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will be filled. They will be blessed. It's what God says. Remember what he told the church in Sardis. I can't hardly get away from it. He tells them you have a name for yourself. Oh, that you're alive, but you're dead. It don't matter what you go around telling everybody. Oh, God's been good to me. God's blessed me. That's got a spiritual tone to it, but is it in the avenue of the Word of God? Is it in the avenue of the Word of God? Well, God's a blessing God. Yes, He is, but there's an avenue through, those, through which those blessings are found, and outside of that is just us making a declaration. Amen. You know the, the popular declarations. Well, God knows my heart. Hell's full of people who made that declaration their whole life because he did know their heart and it was evil and they excused themselves from God's righteousness and were workers of iniquity and now they are with all the family of true believers in what they believed. They were true believers but not believers of truth. They were believers, but they weren't believers in what God says will make you blessed and happy and get you filled with what I want to fill you with, says the Lord. It's His fruits of righteousness He wants to fill you with because if it's not the fruits of righteousness, then it's not by Jesus Christ and it's not for the praises and the glory of God. Only the fruit of righteousness glorifies God. Only the fruits of righteousness glorify God. So think about that. Everybody who, and I did it for years, everybody who studies or in Bible studies or preachers preaching the word outside of its righteous context, there is no righteous fruit. And the praise they think they're lifting up is not praise. The worship they think they're lifting up is not received as worship. And there is no fruit of righteousness and there is no glory to God. Amen, Brother Curtis. I like this teaching. Yeah, if you know the truth, you do. But if you've been brainwashed by, by false ministers which are running rampant in the land today, most cities and listen, most cities and towns in the entirety of the world do not even have a preacher of righteousness in that area. Some for miles and miles and miles. There are, oh, there are thousands of churches. There are thousands of Bibles, but there are no preachers of righteousness that open the Bible and declare Christ and Him crucified, for it's the only avenue of righteousness. The only avenue of righteousness. Think about that. Some of you... You don't like it, but you know what? I understand. I won't say anything negative about that because here's why. You got to get mad before you get glad. I remember when I first started listening to the message of the cross, I thought, what in the world? After all these years of ministry and they're still preaching the cross? They got to get past all that. Why are they still stuck there? And I'll never forget the entirety of that scene. I was by myself and my, my final thought, my final evaluation was, oh yeah. They've been hurt. I know about that ministry. I, know, I heard about what happened to them. Oh, yeah. Well, no wonder they've gone back to the... But see, even in my ignorance, I was saying, no wonder they went back to the cross. But that you don't go back there just because you've been hurt. You go back there every day or you can't even follow Jesus. On your best day without faith in the cross, you're not following Jesus because only as we follow Jesus can we experience the fruits of His righteousness. And He said, you can't follow me 
unless you take up your cross. That means believe who I am and what I did for you at Calvary. And you can't do that until you deny yourself of what it is that's keeping you from doing that. Believing that. Is it a mama? Is it a daddy? Is it 60 years sitting under somebody that you love and has been hospitable and prayerful towards you and, and so ministerial towards you, but they've not given you the Word of God in its righteous context? What is it out there that's keeping you from just surrendering to the message of the cross? What is it that's 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 keeping you from... What is it? What area is there that you won't deny? Because see, there's where the initial problem is. I won't deny this, whatever that is. I'm not going to deny myself in this area. I'm not going to leave this church. I know he doesn't preach and teach right, but we have a unity here. Listen, if you're throwing in the towel for the sake of a unity that's false, my friend, you're going to have wasted your life. And at the judgment seat of Christ, don't think for a second that the rewards are all going to be the same there. They're not. Just like the torments of hell are not all going to be the same there. Jesus said to the people of his day, the religious lying, legalistic liars of his day, that it's going to be worse for you at the judgment than it was for Sodom and Gomorrah. Think about that for a minute. Worse for who? People who were here to express God, lied about God, <clears throat> wouldn't receive God's only way, which was Christ the Redeemer and His way of redemption, the sacrifice. It's going to be worse for them than a city full of homosexuals and lesbians. Come on now, this ought to cause somebody to wake up and to come back to God's only way of righteousness because it don't make no difference about you out there coming against sin. If you don't have the answer for sin, you, ain't, you might as well stop preaching against sin. If you don't have the answer for sin, which is the cross, then you might as well stop blurting out. You see, there's a, there's a deception there that goes out from the pulpit if we always harping against sin, against sin, against sin, but we're not pointing people to the only thing God did to deal with it. So, now let's talk about something else this morning. Uh, if you hunger for righteousness, He'll fill you with the fruits of righteousness. That is, if you know the only avenue of righteousness, which is Christ, because it says, by Jesus Christ, unto the praise of God, and uh, unto, unto the glory and the praise of God. Not the glory and the praise of you. Everybody comes to your church, so they got a dress like everybody goes to your church. Well, that's under your praise and your glory. But when everybody comes to your church where you're preaching the only righteous one that ever existed, and to put your faith in his the only righteous work God's ever approved of, and that takes the, the focus off of you and your dress, and it puts it on the focus of Christ and the dress he wants you to have, which is the robes of righteousness, not long sleeves and no pants and no makeup. See, that is a great deception, my friend. There's nothing wrong with wearing nothing but dresses, never cutting your hair, not wearing makeup, not a thing in the world wrong with that, unless you think other people have to do it too, then that is the manifestation and the proof that you are under a law of doing instead of the grace which is what God did in Christ at Calvary. You can say that's where your faith is all day long but see the deception in those groups and those settings isn't just limited to what they wear. It, it, you find a group of people like that and that's where you also find a people because their faith is not in the cross They'll, those people will also tell you that you have to be baptized in this formula, in this and that and, 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 and all these things and you have to be baptized with the Holy Ghost to get to heaven and all that. If you get the cross wrong, everything else is going to be wrong in the eyes of God because if it's not the fruits of righteousness, it's all wrong. And if our faith is not in the cross alone, hear me, there are no fruits of righteousness. They don't exist. There are no fruit of righteousness unless my faith is in the cross. Paul taught that to the Galatian church. The only avenue of righteousness is grace, and grace only comes through my faith in the death of Jesus. That's it. Outside of that, there is no experience of righteousness. But there is only rejection by God because He opposes all that is not 
faith in Christ and His work at Calvary alone. Not that and. And removes our faith from the only thing God accepts. Folks don't like that. And, <clears throat> and they think they can bring Scripture to the table, a few of them, and say, well, what about this Scripture? But because they do not and refuse to put their faith and admit that Jesus finished the work. For anything God's called us to do, it is the only a work that continues to flow through the grace He tasted death by. No, There ain't no new grace today for something else. There's one grace. And in that grace is all the things the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, will do in your life. There may be a grace to preach and a grace to play, a guitar, a grace to teach, but those are all one grace. It's the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of grace and He, he operates through me to teach and to preach and other things. He operates you th through you to do the same or other things, to sing, to do what, to work, to whatever it is. But it's, listen, there's only one avenue of the grace of God. One. There are two. You go back and look in the beginning, and believe me, God made known the end from the beginning. And men, we come along and we try to change in between. God made known the end from the beginning. And at the beginning, there was a man that didn't believe God. He, he, he disobeyed God. He fell into sin. We all became sinners in him. And then him and his wife had two boys. The first boy said, I won't have any part of that. I will worship you. I will bring an offering, but the blood I'm not going to offer. And I, I just don't believe it's that. And I just don't believe that. Well, God, merciful God, a approached him and begged him. God begging a man because he loved him so much. God's begging you today, please let go of all that and look to the cross because he's merciful. He beseeches us. It's more than the apostle Paul saying, I beseech you. That's the spirit of the living God saying, I beseech you. It's God reaching for you, my friend, to come out of all that. But Cain said, I'm not going to do that. God warned him, pleaded with him. He said, I'm still not going to do that. So he became what God had ordained. All those would become who would not believe in him. He became a wandering lost man. No, wherever Cain went, there was no righteousness. And only in righteousness... Hear me this morning. We go back from the beginning, listen to these teachings. You'll find it. We taught it from the Word. You're not right. You, you, you're only justified by God because you've been made righteous by God. Righteousness is unto justification. Because He made you righteous, you're now just. Righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, is what justified you. Galatians chapter 2, when Paul rebukes Peter, he says, Peter, we're not justified by works, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, that righteous work at Calvary. Amen. Peter had a, a moment there. We've all had them, but I thank God for a last day's remnant coming back to faith and grace who are seeing the truth. You know, God will show you the truth, but when He does, you have to receive it. If you refuse to receive it, the darkness you're in will get darker. Because see, you thought you'd been walking in light, but it wasn't the light of the Word. The Word of God cannot be the light to your path if it's not the, God's Word in righteous context. Because the path is righteousness. The path of righteousness. Amen. Now, I could stay here, but we got to move on for sake of time. Y'all have surely held me up too long this morning. Romans 10 and 10. Romans 10 and 10. And I've been wanting to share this. I've commented on it over the last few weeks, just blurting out comments. But we'll look at it this morning. Romans 10 and 10. The Bible says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. We don't work our way into righteousness. That If you could, that would be your righteousness. But you believe upon Christ and His righteous work, and therefore you're declared righteous. But notice Romans 10 and 10. 
with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's only with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Now here's where we've missed it as the church for almost 2,000 years. We have used this one verse in the Bible to only refer to being born again. But salvation is not just a one-moment experience, although it is a moment and an experience of being born again. When you leave the kingdom of darkness and you're translated into a kingdom of light, when you are now uh, experiencing the crucifixion of the sin nature and the old man and you have a new mind and the Lord Himself moves into you by, him, by His Spirit, don't tell me that ain't an experience. That is an experience. And it may not be a shaking and a quaking. It may, you may cry, you may laugh, but there's one thing I know. I don't know what all you might have done, but I know this. You know when you got saved because it is an experience. You believed in the Word of God in its righteous context, which pointed you to the only avenue of the righteousness offered by God, which was Christ and what He did at Calvary, and the Holy Ghost moved inside of you, and the work of Christ by His Spirit began a good work in you. That was an experience, my friend. And you could, you could, we could have a list this long of what happened to you just at being born again. That's why when folks say, well, I'm not, I don't really know. No, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that our spirit bears witness with the Spirit of God that we are the children of God. The born again experience is that. It is an experience. But what we've done wrongly is we've used, we've limited this one verse to an initial act of salvation. You've got to continue to believe from the heart unto righteousness if there's going to be any righteous fruit because it's the Word of God in your life that's going to bring forth the fruit. Remember the parable of the sower and the seed? It's only the, the good ground, which is the good heart, that hears the Word, receives the Word, keeps the Word, and allows the Word through what? Patience to bring forth fruit. It's God's Word that He wants increasing in your heart. It's God's Word that He wants abounding in your heart because only through the Word of God, God's words of righteousness, which point to the King of righteousness, the Lord of righteousness, and His work of righteousness, can the Word of God literally bring forth the fruit that the good ground... See, the good ground is the one heart that has faith in the cross. Every other ground is a stony ground, a, a wayside ground, and whatever the other one is. And, 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 and There's only one good heart, one good ground that the seed can go in, and that is faith in the cross. And their faith in that can produce a harvest. A harvest of what? The fruits of His righteousness. Not what I wear and, uh, and all my rules and regulations, but the righteousness of God. Man, this is good this morning. It's with the heart man believes unto righteousness. The Word of God has to be involved. It was when you were born again. You believed in God's words of righteousness concerning Christ and what He did for you at Calvary. God honored your faith in that word of His that was in its proper context, being Christ and Him crucified, and God saved you, justified you, and did many wonderful things when He saved you from your sin. But today, in the Word of God, your Bible study, you're sitting under a minister, they have to be preaching in its righteous context or it's out of context. God didn't send him that day to say what he said. How many ministers have preached for 60 years and God has not been in what they preached because they've preached God's Word, taught God's Word in an avenue where the people leave and think, well, I've got to do this and this and this. 
You've heard me tell the story right here in Atlanta of a minister in a, in a very popular church in Atlanta, and it's been several years ago, and he may have changed his mind and heart toward this now, but I remember one Sunday morning, which I never do this, but I did that morning for who knows why. Maybe God wanted me to hear it. But he was telling the people in the congregation, if you're not taking care of the poor, that's why you got bondages in your life. And there are scriptures that make that sound that way. In the book of Proverbs, if you, if you don't tend to the poor, you'll be in darkness and things of that nature. But here, if you tell people the reason they're in bondage is because they're not taking care of the poor and you leave it there, the people leave the church and think they got to go feed the woman at the end of the street or buy her a new shirt or a new pair of shoes and that's going to deliver them from their bondages is all wrong. And he uses this, he was using that day years ago, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, in a, in a, in outside of its righteous context. The problem wasn't in the eyes of God that we weren't taking care of the poor. It's that our faith wasn't right. If our faith is right when there's needs there, then God can flow through us and the needs can be met. But see, that will be by Jesus Christ. Not just by you and your church. It will be by Jesus Christ because of your faith is in His righteous work at Calvary. And it is this simple. Amen. So don't make the mistake of thinking that with the heart men believes unto righteousness and it only pertains to your initial salvation. If you're not believing today God's word in its righteous context, which means your faith is in the cross alone, then all you, you are caught up in just quoting the word and you don't even know it, but you're trying to work you're, you're trying to work God into a place of, of listening to you. He already is listening, but He's waiting to hear your heart believe under righteousness. See, our hearts declare what we're believing in. Our hearts declare. If our hearts are believing under righteousness, that means then our heart's faith is in the cross. This is faith. Remember that. This is a picture of faith. <clears throat> it's not faith if it's not a heart believing under righteousness. Now I'm going to say it again. If, our, if we're not believing God's Word in its righteous context, it's not faith. Faith can't come by hearing God's Word unless we're hearing it in its proper context, which is righteousness. Faith don't come because I hear somebody quote the Scripture. Faith don't come because I quote the Scripture. Faith comes when I hear God's Word to me in its righteous context because it's only with the heart believing unto righteousness that any type of God's saving grace can begin to take place in my life. Your initial born-again experience was proof of that. God showed you the way He'll work in your life from that period on, that moment on. And I know they say, boy, y'all sound like a bunch of Baptists. Well, call me what you will. I'm a Bible believer, and I hope you become one too. I believe in the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I speak in tongues every day. And for those of you who that will make run off, well, you need to read the book of Acts. And nothing has ended back in that day. We're still, we're still experiencing the book of Acts because it wasn't the acts of the disciples and apostles. It was the acts of the Holy Spirit. Let me get it better. It was the acts of Jesus Christ, a risen Lord, the works of Christ by His Spirit in an early church. And in these last days, nothing's changed. It's still the work of Christ by His Spirit in a last day's church. So don't let your denominational tradition run you off from what the Bible says with lies telling you some of those things ended in that day. They only ended in places where people were in unbelief. Never forget that. And, and so this is faith. This is faith. If it's not believing with the heart unto righteousness, which means faith in the cross, which means faith in God's Word according in, to the context of Christ and His work at Calvary, then the righteousness of God's Word can't come. The fruit of righteousness can't come. You can quote the Word and think that God's going, you're going to move God. Can you imagine thinking you're going to move God by you doing something? Well, you pray and that moves God. No, it don't. Your faith in the cross will give you the right prayers to pray. It's not your prayer is not the answer. 
The cross was the answer. If prayer was the answer, Jesus could have come and just prayed and we could have believed His prayer and He did pray, but just believing uh, what Jesus prayed about this and that, you have to have your faith in the righteous work that a man had to do to please God. And that was a humble, obedient act unto death. That's the only avenue of grace and righteousness. It's the only avenue of understanding the Bible. It's the only avenue which God allowed you to come into that door. The door is Christ, but the cross is the doorknob. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the light, but the switch is the cross. Without the cross, He is my nothing, initially or daily. And I can remove myself from Him. Read the book of Galatians and don't listen to a lying preacher try to tell you what that really means. No, it means what it really says. That you as a born-again, spirit-filled child of God, if you move your faith from the cross of Christ alone, you cannot hear God properly. You cannot bring forth fruit that will glorify God. Your worship is not accepted. Your giving is not accepted. Oh, the preachers will accept it, but it ain't getting you any dividends from God. There are no return from the Lord. Think about that. Only in this righteous context. And don't sit there and say, well, it ain't that narrow. Well, Cain found out just how narrow it was. The people in Noah's day found out just how narrow it was. And at the great white throne judgment, there are going to be billions who found out too late just how narrow it was. But it was offered to them. It was offered to them. But they thought, no, I'll have to do something. As long as you think that, God's Word, the Holy Spirit's not teaching you anything until you submit to the work of Christ at Calvary alone with your heart, believing unto that righteousness, God's Word will have no effect in your life because the traditions of men will make it of none effect to you. And I have to, I have to tell you those things because I love you. Don't go off and say, well, he's think he's the only one who's right. No, I don't. I've got a Bible. I've got Scripture. I stand on the word of Almighty God. So with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. That's faith. That's faith. That's the faith God saw and honored when you believed from your heart, not that you just quoted words and believed something historically happened in your head, but when you submitted to that, you gave up, you surrendered, you yielded, you presented yourself to God through this avenue of what Christ did for you about your sin, guilt. And you accepted that and I'm telling you, that was the faith God honored, and that is believing with the heart unto righteousness. Think about that. That's why you cannot separate. Some of you hadn't heard this. You need to hear it. You cannot separate the faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You cannot separate that faith from the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. There's not two different things here. If the faith that's coming from you hearing the Word, is not the faith of the Son of God that justified you by Himself, purged you from your sins at Calvary, Hebrews 1.3. He, he didn't ask for your help because you couldn't help Him. Matter of fact, He had to put us to death because we could not help ourselves. He by Himself purged us from our sins. And when He, when he did that, and your faith was in that, God accepted you signed you in the book, sealed you with the Holy Ghost, and showed you now the path of righteousness. But when we moved away from that, we moved off the path. No more grace when your faith's not in the cross. Grace ain't something just floating around. No more grace when your faith is not in the cross alone. And if there's no grace, then there's absolutely no righteousness experience. You're still declared the righteousness of God. No condemnation in the eyes of God towards you, but that don't mean you can't live a life of condemnation. There are many saved, most saved people today are living lives of condemnation even though God's declared over them they're not condemned. You are righteous. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but that don't mean we can't wander out of the way. Think about that. That don't mean we can't wander out of the way. If I can bring this up this morning, I want to show you something. I didn't really plan on this, but uh, let's go back and, and try to bring something up. Man, I'll, I'll, I'll try to find it. Hold on. 
hold on to everything right here uh, where you're at, and let's see if uh, I can find... Oh, yeah, Proverbs 21.16. I just came across this scripture in my daily Proverbs devotional, which I do every morning on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, and, and I'm, I always work days ahead, so I don't have to wake up in a frenzy every morning and, and go, you know, rush into something. So watch this, Proverbs 21.16. The man that wanders out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Now that's a powerful scripture. First thing it reveals is a people who were already in the way of understanding and they wandered out. That's talking about the church. Proverbs 9 and 10 defines understanding. It is the, the understanding is the knowledge of the holy. Well, you don't have any knowledge of the holy one who is God unless you're until you're born again. Born again, then you see the kingdom, you enter the kingdom through you, your faith in the cross, the work of Christ. So this scripture is talking about those who wander off the path, out of the way, out of the path of understanding, which means now they're no longer understanding. They think they are. It's called deception. And they shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Now that doesn't mean they're lost, but it means they're now in a place where their fellowship is no longer with God. Because that's what death means. And for you and me, Christian, children of God, we're not dead in our sins, but death is separation, and we're separated in our fellowship because we've wandered out of the way of, of understanding, and we will remain in the congregation of those out of fellowship with God until we repent and come back to the way of understanding. And I just all of a sudden, I know the Spirit of God reminded me of that scripture this morning uh, right now uh, because of where, what we're talking about, what we're talking about. I know this has helped you if you have understanding. I know this will help you if you will let the Holy Spirit deal with you based simply on what God has said in the only avenue through which He said it, by Jesus Christ and his work at Calvary. We love you. We won't be here next Friday. I've got things to do. and uh, Or that following Monday for the Romans teaching. Got to go take care of my boys and all this college stuff. So I love you. And remember, until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. God bless you.